verses 9 and 10, Galatians 6 and 9 to 10. As you turn there, I would like to meet with those that are going, that are still here, that are going to Youth Congress for just a few moments. Uh, if we could meet over here to my right and your left for just a few moments, I, I'd appreciate that. I hope I'm, Sister Honey, am I forgetting anything? Is there anything else? I'm, I'm trying to remember everything. There's so much going on this week. Uh, amen. Uh, oh, I did want to say this. Wednesday night, uh, there's, there's probably another, I don't know, 10 or 15 people that are here today that will not be here on Wednesday because of Youth Congress. A whole bunch more people are heading out. I'm not counseling church on Wednesday night. Uh, I had to this week because there was nobody going to be here as far as our leadership. Everybody was going to be gone, and I wanted you to get to family conferences. That's why I did it. But we will be having service here on Wednesday night. Um, I've talked to Bishop. Uh, we're going to mainly make it a time of prayer because all of our worship team, most of our musicians will be gone. Most Every one of the ministerial staff except for Bishop will be here. And so I didn't want to load him up with a lots of stuff and put a lots on him. So he's going to be overseeing a prayer time on Wednesday night. It, can anybody use prayer? Uh, it's okay. All right. So I think prayer would be a great time and we need to come together. If you have nothing else to pray for, at least pray for all of those that are going to be at Youth Congress. Uh, I don't know, 50, 60,000. I don't know how many it's supposed to be there. It's going to be kind of wild and crazy. So be at least pray for us that we survived. Amen. And another great thing about family conference this year, I almost got the Holy Ghost this year. And so, amen. And my wife did get the Holy Ghost. And so, amen. So that's a joke too. All right, amen. Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want you to, I read the two, these two verses together. I'm reading these two verses together because of context. Because I believe it's very important. As we have therefore opportunity. That's exactly what I've been talking to you about with us giving to what we have been giving to. Is opportunity. Let us do good unto all men, whether they deserve it or not. We can look at certain causes and say, well, I think they could use those funds more efficiently efficiently. I believe they should do this and this with their funds. That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is I give and let God deal with all of that stuff for all men. Whether you like that ministry or not, we are doing this because it gives us an opportunity to bless others and that's why we are here is to help others. Especially then unto them who are of the household of faith. Amen. And Thank you for standing for reading of the word of God. I'll allow you to be seated at this time. We've already been praying. And How many of you made it down to family conference this week? Amen. Most everybody here made it. I've seen almost every one of you there. I think that word family is extremely important in family conference. Because today, I want to speak for just a few moments on the family of God. We need each other. I said, we really need each other. And I want to draw your attention more than the context of the actions of what is being encouraged to do in this, is more I want to, for just a moment, to draw your attention to the phrase that is mentioned in that second verse. And it says, the household of faith. The word household means related to or a relation of. And so it literally means this when you read that phrase, relative 
relations of faith. Relations of faith. And when we mention that word faith there, we're not talking about the faith you need for healing. We're talking about, in, here in this verse, we're talking about faith as the persuasion. It's about our doctrine, what we believe. That's the faith. We are in the faith. And that's what it is talking about in this portion of Scripture here. And so this phrase is referring to this. A group of individuals that are connected by a common belief or persuasion. And that is the household of faith. By Paul using that phrase then, we, we know that the household of faith then is more than just this abstract uh, ideology, folks. It is a very concrete thing, the household of faith. It is something that is very real, is the household of faith. And I don't know about you, but I am glad to be a part of the family of God. Amen. So thankful to be a part of the family of God. It's so uh, refreshing to come to family conference. That's the reason why I really encourage you to be there, is for you to be there and see your brothers and sisters. They may be in Baker City. Uh, they may be in Klamath Falls. Uh, they may be somewhere else across the state, a long ways away from us. And we may not get to see them except one time out of the year, and that's at family conference. Because some of these folks I don't see for one, and some of them with jobs and stuff, I may not see them for three, four, five years because they couldn't come to family conference. And so it is good for us to get together and see our brothers and sisters and realize this. This thing is bigger than the palace of praise. This thing is bigger than you. And get this, it's bigger than our family conference. It's bigger than the United Pentecostal Church. It's bigger than any organization. It is the family of God extends beyond the borders of organization. It's about faith, persuasion, the doctrine. And so you may belong to this organization, that or, but as the family of God, God doesn't look down and say, oh, so you belong to that organization? No. He looks down and says, that's my son and my daughter. According to where you are standing in the faith. It's a household of faith. And, and you know what? I don't know about you, but uh, sometimes we have family. We just had um, my nephew come and do the children's evangelist for uh, the Holy Ghost Crusade on Thursday night. He did an outstanding job, just really, really well. That's what he does, travels around and does that. So we had him in there, and, and, and it was so exciting when he comes in, be able to give him a hug and see him and, and have him be in. And when he got to the airport yesterday and they took him to the airport for him to fly out, he takes back and said, you know, so thankful for, for you having him, but it was so great to be with the family and getting to hang out with all my cousins and everything like that. He was excited about being with family. You know, I like the same thing. Some of my family I may not see for five or six years, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but anyway, five or six years, and when you see them, you're like, whoa, good to see you, and give them a hug, and they may not feel the same, but I, I, I love that. Ha, anybody done that? You know, you see them, it's just excited to see them. I know some of you live with family, and you would rather not see them all the time, but for the most part, folks, family is a great thing. And I, I, I told one of the ministers at the, at the conference this thing. He was back talking to me. Uh, he should have been up there. But anyway, he was back talking to me while I was trying to do my job. Anyway, and uh, <clears throat> I looked at him and I said, you know what? I look out across this. We had 863 people there on, on, on Friday night. I, I said, I look out across this group and I said, there's not one person 
minister saint of God that I have any issues with and I don't love in this whole group of people. There's not anything in me that I can't walk up to anybody in this house, shake their hand and say, hey, I love you and I'm glad you're here. Everybody. I don't care who they are. There was nobody there. That's the way it should be. Do we not have conflicts at time with our family? Some of you may not want to say that. Okay, come on. Let's be real today. There are times when we have conflicts with our family. And sometimes it's even outside of the people we live with. <laughs> okay, some of you got that and some of you didn't. <laughs> we have conflicts. Brothers and sisters have conflicts. Moms and dads have conflicts. Parents have conflicts with the kids. Aunt and uncles have conflicts. But I'm going to tell you, with it, even with all of our conflicts, let's lay them aside. Thank God for family. Thank God for family. If there's one thing you're going to maybe catch up if you stay around the palace of praise, catch on to if you stay around the palace of praise just for a couple minutes is I'm big on family. I think we need family, folks. You need to be connected to the household of faith. You need to be connected to the household faith. I want to draw your attention to another verse of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 19. How many are thankful for family? Amen. Even that one uncle. Amen. Anyway, Ephesians chapter 2, and we all have one family member that we're saying, you know, we're glad you're here, but we're glad you're a long ways off. Amen. Now, some of you can't relate to that, but there is one person. Hopefully, you're not that one person. But anyway, Ephesians 2 and verse number 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more, this is hard, strangers. And we, we see this word a lot now. And foreigners, <laughs> but fellow citizens with the saints, and of what? Household. The word household means related to. Do you get that? Or of, I'm related to God. He's not just this, oh, abstract thing way out there that's just some type of spirit called the spirit of God. Folks, I'm related to God. I'm related to God. Get your mind around that, folks. I'm related to the king of glory because I'm part of the household of God. Now look at this. And are built upon the foundation, the apostles and the prophets... Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. That word strangers there, I know we look at people and say, man, they're strange. But that's not what I'm talking about today. Strangers mean literally, first two words that came up, alien or guest. Alien, our guest. We're not talking about an alien from a different planet. We're talking about, yeah, anyway. Foreigners means this, having a home near or a by-dweller, which means you're not there in that home, you're somewhere else. Paul said, you are no more strangers and foreigners. You guys are something different. You're something Special. So when Paul was, what Paul was really saying is this, you are more than just a guest. 
You are more than just a visitor in the household of faith. You are the household of faith, folks. Get, get your mind around it. He's laying the foundation. We look at those two words and they really don't mean a lot. But when you understand what they really mean, folks, he's letting us know how important we are to God. You are important to God. Now get this, a guest is a person who is invited to visit the home. To visit the home. That's what a guest is. So if you are a guest, then you need to follow proper guest etiquette, right? If you're a guest, you'd have to do this. So I looked up what is the proper guest etiquette. I found out I don't do most of this, so apparently I'm not a good guest when I go visit people, but I will work on it. It says this, be clear about your arrival and your departure dates. Now, how many of you guys do that when you go visit relatives? Yeah, you don't do that. You just show up and they're just wondering when you're leaving, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's just be clear. Number two was bring a gift. Okay. Uh, inquire about house rules. This is interesting. Conserve towels and linens. Be considerate of your host. Always offer to help. I think, hon, you know what I think we're going to do? We're going to take these and put these on a placard and post them in our, in our house. I think that's a, I think that'd be a great thing, you know. To, okay, anyway, I'm sorry. And then it says, this is, I don't know how to get this one. Bring your own toiletries, you know. Now then, how many of you follow these guidelines in your home? Okay, okay, we better not go there, should we? How many of you bring a gift home every day? Okay, no, most of us don't. So most of us most likely don't follow most of these in our home. But how many of you raid the refrigerator whenever you want to? Come on, this is one time you can raise your hand, yes. Between meals, you go get whatever you want to, whenever you want to. Boys, get your hands up. Come on, get your hands up, okay? Night, Pop-Tarts and milk. You're right in the refrigerator and using our pop-toaster thing there, yeah, okay? So in your home, you'll raid the refrigerator anytime you want to, right? Now then, I don't want anybody to raise your hands here, but how many of you take your shoes off in the living room and just leave them sitting there? Now I'm preaching. <clears throat> how many of you, how many of you have dirty clothes lying on your floor at home right now? Don't raise your hand. See, some of you are smiling big. I know I'm right there. How many of you have dirty dishes in the sink for someone else to clean? Okay. I'm sorry, it's probably getting personal right now, but... <laughs> no, 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 nobody come up and repent. Stay in your seats, don't come up here yet. But it's getting real personal here, but... Why? Because you're not a guest in your house. You're not a guest in your house. You're not a foreigner in your house, <laughs> which simply means you don't have a house nearby. That's your house. You're a part of the family. You're a part of the family of God, and because of that, you have privileges as a part of the household that you live in, folks. Come on. You have benefits 
as part of the family of that house. The same is for us being a part of the household of faith. Thank God we have privileges as being a part of the household or the family of God. Come on, we can come into the house of God and feel the presence of God and be touched by the presence of God and feel the fellowship of the family of God. Why? Because we're a part of the household of faith. We have benefits because what? We are a part of the family of God. I thank God that I am a part of the family of God. How about you, church? See, here and being a part of the family of God, you have somebody that's got your back. If you raid my house or break into my house, I'm not going to say, go ahead, Devin, you take care of them. Darrell, you go ahead and take care of them. Now, I know it'd be dangerous, but honey, you go take care of them. <laughs> Poor folks, whoever they may be. <laughs> She's going to get them. No, you know what you're going to do? You're going to find five, six, seven, depending on how many is there at that time, eight, nine, ten, fifteen of us, whatever's there at the moment, all of us are going to be after your hinder parts. Got to get a witness in the house. Why? Because we're family. You touch one, you touch all. It should be the same in the church. If the devil attacks one of you, he's going to have mess with all of us because we're going to be praying, we're going to be fighting, we're going to be protecting everybody in the house. Why? You're family, folks. Do we have our disagreements? Yes. Sometimes we don't see eye to eye. Yes, but honey, we still family. So we still need to stick together, fight, to, not between us, but fight for the same cause together. Not fight together, fight for the same cause together, folks. We need to be concerned that we don't lose anybody. I don't know about you. I can't look at any of my kids. I cannot look at my wife. I cannot look at any of my grandkids and say, they're not worth the fight. No. Every one of them is worth putting my life on the line to make sure they're protected and they are safe. And I look around the palace of praise and I can tell you one, this one thing. There is nobody in this house that your value is so low and don't let the devil lie to you. That your value is so low that you are not worth this church, this family, the body of Christ fighting for your salvation and keeping you safe. We're the family of God. With that, when I looked at that Oregon family conference and I see all of those people and I realize, folks, we sometimes are overwhelmed because we live in our little worlds and we stay in our little groups and we have it and we think we're just one little person, one little thing and we won't really matter. Honey, we're making a difference in the spirit realm in the Oregon district. When you look and see all those hundreds and hundreds of people and those ministers that are still preaching truth and people that are still in whole and strong to holiness standards. Honey, we're not just some little group. We're a powerful family of God. Our Father is on our side. He is with us. We can do great things, folks. Hallelujah. 
I am so thankful for the great reports that I am hearing across the state of Oregon. God is doing great things. God is providing people with buildings for them to be able to build the work of God and be able to establish churches. We got new churches going around here. We got Chad Williams up here in Tannisborn that's starting a church. We got the Huffmans that are starting the Renco station there. Besides them, we got Dallas Brock and them over in their family in Beaverton. We got the Wiggins over in Hillsboro. We got Brother Barbosa there in Hillsboro. Brother Avina's got a church here in the Spanish world over here in Beaver. And what I'm going to say is we're not on separate teams. We're all a family of God. We're all together. We're going in hands and prayer. We want to see God do something great. Do I agree with every standard? Do I agree with everything they do? They don't all agree with me on everything. I don't agree with them. But honey, I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm a lot closer to them than I am to Anna Fosta and any of those crazy nuts that are in Portland and the liberals that are there. Honey, this is the family of God. Come on. Sometimes we look around at our family and we say, I don't know why that nut's doing what they're doing right now. Come on, you got a witness in the house? We don't agree with our family sometimes either. We're thinking, what are you thinking, nuthead? Can it not be the same with people around us too? But I'm going to tell you, don't touch them. They may be a nuthead, but you got another nuthead that's coming after you if you mess with them. And that's exactly what we're doing, folks. We need to be praying for our churches around us. We need to be praying for the organ. We need to be praying for the apostolic movement. We need to be praying for our brothers and sisters that are struggling. I had one person that came into the back door, actually twice. It happened to me twice. One person came up to me, shook my hand. They had been here at the church, and they had left and everything. They came up, and they said, I just want to apologize. I said, stop. I said, stop. I said, don't apologize to me. You have nothing to apologize. I said, you know why you don't need to apologize to me? Because that's all gone. It's on the blood. You don't have to apologize to me. I don't have any feelings bad about you. I said, I love you. I prayed for you. I've been praying for you. Nothing there. Because we're part of the family of God. Guess what? Our kids move out. But they're still mine. And they're still yours. And we may have people that move out. But we're going to be praying for them. I'm sorry. You should never be praying, oh, my Lord and my God, I hope they go to hell. My Lord and my God, you need to be praying because you know where you're going. It's not about a what, it's family. And my Lord and my God, if they can make it over there or here or there or another state, then you know what I say? God put them there because the end goal is not building this kingdom but building his kingdom up there. So we want them wherever they can be. Hallelujah. And that's why I said all those people come in shaking their hands and hugging their necks. And I just realized, you know what? The family is a great thing. Because even in all the hurts and all those, you know, those difficult moments we have at family time, sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Those, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Even in those difficult times, we still got the best thing in this entire world, and that is being a part of the family of God. Look at somebody beside you and say, I'm glad you're a part of the family of God. Now then look at them and act like you mean it. <laughs> I've seen some of you like this. I'm so glad you're a part of the family. Would you turn? I'm going to stay there too. Romans chapter 8. I'm about to wrap this up. Some of you said you were going to go short and now you're going a long time. But 
Folks, we're almost getting out almost the same time we normally get out on a Sunday. So I know some of you are trying to get to the buffet, but Romans 8 today. Romans 8, I want to look at two verses and then we're going back and look at the whole in context when we close out here in just a moment. Romans 8 says this, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. There's a confirmation of the Holy Ghost is what it's saying. Is the spirit itself, which is a big S there, that's the Holy Ghost, is a witness or testifies with my spirit, me. That's a little S, that's just human spirit. That we are, everybody say are. Not going to be someday, but when we're raptured and we make it to heaven. We are what? Children of God. I'm going to read the next verse too. Children of God are, we're a part of the family of God. We're a part of the household of faith. Now if you are a child and you're a part of the family of God, look at the next verse. And if children of God are a part of the household, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. We're family in good times and bad times. We're family when you're on top of your mountain or you're in your lowest valley you're ever going to walk. Where you're suffering and the things that you're saying and doing and asking God to help you go through in those things and all of those things that you're going through there, you're still a part of the family of God. And if you are, you're heirs. And I don't know about you, but we have mm, a very rich God. I don't know about you, but my father owns a lot. And I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about the joy of the Lord that you cannot buy with money. I'm talking about the peace of God that you cannot buy with money. I'm talking about clean fellowship within this family that you cannot buy with money. Come on. Hallelujah. I'm talking about things we have as a family of God. Good conscience. To be able to wake up in the morning and, honey, not have anything that's bothering you and everything. Know you have a clear conscience today and say, God, if, I, if you take me in the next hour or two, it's all right. Because I'm just going to go to heaven knowing that you have all things set at peace. What are these? These are all benefits of what? The household of faith and the family of God. Things that this world is trying to find in little pills. Folks, it's a billion dollar industry now of pills because people are trying to medicate to get what you got for simply being a part of the family of God. We don't have to pop pills to have what we got, folks. We have God, the spirit of truth in us. Why? We're a family of God. There are people out there that are committing suicide. Why? Because they have no one who cares. Let me put it another way. They don't have any family to help them out, folks. They feel all alone and nobody is there. And honey, I'm here to tell you, you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. You have family. You have people that love you. And people who care, folks. We are inheriting one of the greatest things in all the world. What is one of those things God is blessed with? How many have been baptized in Jesus' name? 
Whew, and as being a part of the family of God, what? I got the family name on me, the name of Jesus Christ. I'm glad I've been baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. My name is Robert Darrell Sparks, Jesus Christ, folks. I'm right all there. I'm a part of the family of God. Oh, clap your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not going to read lots of verses more. We're going to go right and stay right there in, in Romans chapter 8. But there's a verse for you. It says this, For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all things. He knows right where you are. He knows right where you are. Now, I read that two verses and threw those in there. Now, look, I'm going to read the whole context there, and then I'm done. Romans 8, 14 says this, For as many as led are led by the Spirit of God, they are the man, sons of God. Whew. I don't know about you, but I know I can still remember being a young guy and my dad just putting his arm around me and feeling like, feeling like man, I really belong here. And lots of strength with that. And somebody, can you relate to some of you that had good fathers you can relate to that just there's some strength in that just knowing you're a part of the family of God guess what that's happening all the time in the spirit realm to you you may not see God but if you be real sensitive you'll feel God putting his arm how many of you felt that hand and arm of the heavenly father wrapping around you at times here's the problem sometimes we try to pull away from him because we blame him as being part of our problems Let's be real honest. God's not our problems. Problem. We create our own problems. How many of you do a good job of that? We, we, we all do a real good job of that. It's not God. And if you're in the middle of your problem, you know what you need to do? Is get close to dad. Get close to your family. I'm going to read on, but look at this. For, uh, for we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of doctrine whereby we cry, My dad! If you didn't even have a good dad or you don't even know who your dad is, guess what? You have a dad. You have a father. You can say, I have a father. Oh, hallelujah. Almost done. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You, don't wanna, you know what? Here's what happens to us, and everyone in this house can relate if you live for God very long. The devil wants to isolate you. And he says this, they don't care. And I don't care how great a family you are. Those lies can be either generated by your mind or the enemy of your soul will lie to you about it. Hope I'm not saying too much. But I'm going to say it anyway. We had one of our kids who went through a very difficult time. And that's what the enemy was lying to them about. Well, I, I wasn't for sure if you guys really cared. Hello. He can lie. It don't matter how great a family you have. Folks, we are all flesh and we can think thoughts that are crazy way out there. You can relate to that, can't you? And then the enemy, when we start doing those thoughts and we're even saying those thoughts, then the, see, the, the enemy can't read your mind. He doesn't have, he's a fallen angel. He's not a god. So then what he gets then is what you're feeding. 
thoughts or he's saying or texting. Or, but then he can see that. Once he sees that, then he knows where to pour the gasoline because he can see where the fire is at. And that, in their minds, that's what they were thinking. And that affects them. And it can happen to everyone in this house. But you need to use the word on the liar and let him know, hey, I'm a part of the family of God. And I don't care what you say. I know God loves me. And I don't care what you say. I got a family that loves me. And you're not going to keep me. Folks, the devil wants to isolate you. The devil wants to keep you out of church. The devil wants you to make you feel like nobody wants me, so I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to get around anybody. I'm just going to live in my own world. Honey, that's the world. They, hey, that's not God. You need of any time, in any time, if we have ever needed the family of God, it's in 2019 when there is so much division. We need things coming together as a family of God. Can somebody shout amen? Hallelujah. I'm dropping down to verse number 19. For the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. We are battling with our flesh. We need the father. We need the family, folks. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the Children of God, we are going to battle in our flesh. And if we ever needed somebody, we need the church to help us to stay on track, keep connected, and stay here. He puts it in the context of, folks, we're battling with our vanity. We're battling with our flesh, and we're struggling with our thoughts. And look where he puts it. He puts it all back inside this context of the household of faith, the children of God. I need to be your father, and you need your brother and sisters. Why? Because you're battling your flesh, and there's going to be some blessed little brother or sister in this church that are going to tell you you're thinking stupid and nutty because you've got brothers and sisters in your home that they'll look at you and say you're really going to wear that <laughs> you're seriously going to wear that now nobody else will tell them but your brother and sister can you tell me some of you will tell your brother and sister stuff nobody else going to tell them why because you're brother and sister can I hear a witness in the house They'll tell you things you don't want to hear. But if you'll say they love me and not be offended and step back, you would say, thank you, God, for helping me. Why? They're wanting to keep me here. They're wanting me to stay true. They're wanting me to be saved. They really love me at the palace of praise. Oh, look at somebody again say, I'm glad you're here. Come on, I'm glad you're here. Folks, we can't make it without the family of God. Can I get an amen? He wants to separate it. But the church is, bring us together in unity with the, with the church. Amen. Let's all stand. If there's any time we needed each other, it's right now. It's right now. 2 Thessalonians 2 and 16 says this, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, and then they throw in this phrase, Even our Father, which hath loved us and have given us everlasting consolation, and good hope through grace. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. We need one another. I said we really need one another at the palace of praise. And can I tell you, we need to pray for people who may have left us, backsliders who may have left us or whatever. You need to make sure you're praying for those folks. 
Oh, hallelujah. And some of you are saying, well, I don't think they have any hope of being saved. Folks, they do. And I'm seeing some that when they went out, I'm thinking, oh, boy, they may never make it. But we're going to pray. We're going to love them. We're going to be kind to them. And folks, they're back in. Guess what? There wouldn't be a guy standing up here today preaching if it hadn't been for a church that kept loving him. There hadn't been a church that kept praying when I wasn't thinking right and doing what I should be many years ago. So guess what? You're maybe just a step away from stepping out of the family too. And you may not know it today, but you may go and hit a big struggle coming up and you better hope somebody puts their arms around you as a family and pulls you into the house and don't let you out of the house. We need one another. Look at somebody's side and say, I need you. <laughs> now I ask them a question, do you need me? <laughs> Some of you won't answer that, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to have a big altar call and stuff because today it was just a message to encourage you and build you up today and when the enemy comes looking at you and saying, nobody cares at that palace of praise. They don't give a flying rip about you at all. You know, nobody cares you ever come back over there. Let me tell you something. Number one is, that's not God. So then you can do this. Get thee behind me, Satan. Shut your lying mouth around here. Because my pastor preached, they love me over there. And he may be the only one that loves me, but he loves me. <laughs> oh, how many of you are thankful for your own family? <laughs> so much more we should be thankful for the family of God. I want to pray for the palace. We've got people that are traveling and everything right there, but we also, you know, there are struggles going on. We got, there's different things, even in the Oregon district, that there's churches that are in the midst of major, some major struggles and fights. We're all in that, folks. And we need to be praying for them. I want us to pray for our Oregon district right now. Uh, I want us to pray for Brother Graves, our district superintendent, and our leadership. And, and we're all part of the family of God. And, and we need to be going forward together and progressing together. They put together a, a strategic plan, a growth plan, uh, and presented it this thing so that we are going to start aggressively in the state of Oregon. Uh, starting to plant more churches and do more daughter works. We need twice as many churches. We've got three times as many churches as we've got. And so I want you to be praying for me that God gives me wisdom on what I can do to help them and help us and, and us make this thing a better and bigger place in the state of Oregon as far as all of our churches in section one and across the state. Amen. Would you join me and let's pray for one another.